The Incomparable Podcast, number 65, November 2011. Welcome to another edition of The Incomparable Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, your host. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about fall television. Lots of new shows premiering with... uh, Interest, uh, interesting premises and some sci-fi and some other things that are of interest to our, our great listeners out there, um, as well as some returning shows that we've talked about before. So to survey the landscape of fall television, I'm joined by a tremendous cast of characters here today. Uh, Scott McNulty. Hello, Scott. Hello. I enjoy watching television. I know that about you. You're well-read and well-watched. I do. Sometimes I read and watch TV at the same time. I'm watching you right now. <laughs> John Syracuse as well is here. Hi, John. Hello, Jason. You are a viewer of televised entertainment, are you I not? I do. I just came from the television room. Wow. See? So you're fresh. You're ready yep. to go. Wow. You have a whole room dedicated to television. That's right. That, that is how serious you are. That that's I like that level of dedication in a viewer. Ben Boychuk is also here. This is uh, two podcasts in a row for you. You're you're uh, you're on a you're on a roll. Yeah, I'm in such trouble with my family, though. Yeah. I'm going to be killed in my sleep tonight. Too much podcasting? I'm going to have to really make this one count. Okay, that's good. Podcast as if it was your last podcast on Earth. Precisely. All right. Uh, Dan Morin, who is on every podcast on Earth, is also here. Hi, Dan. Jason, I'm not a television character, but I play one on TV. Mm. (laughs) I'm sure you came up with that just now. I actually did come up with that just now. Oh, good. All right, I like I like that lack of preparation. It fits with my lack of preparation. That, that's what I do. I roll with the punches. Yes, I may punch you later. And Lisa Schmeiser also joins us. Hi, Lisa. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. It is great to have you here. We'll see if you're still saying that at the end of this podcast. We'll see, we'll but... see if the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so um, interesting. Lots, lots of new kind of genre-related uh, shows this fall. Um, which is funny because on one level, I, I kind of wondered if they would learn their lesson from um, some of the, the, the shows like f- the flash forwards and the like of last season. But no, if we've learned anything about TV networks, they never learn. <laughs> so is, we, we've got another batch. It's a pretty bleak landscape. I was talking to I was having dinner with a friend earlier and we were sort of going through all the new, especially in the hour long department. It is um, what you call it grim. Oh. oh, I don't know. This podcast I, is over. I was not. I was not very excited about this fall. And then, actually, I I, I think there's a lot of decent hour long new series out there. Decent, nothing that I'm super excited about. Well, that's the problem, right? It, but, the, a lot of these shows are almost more offensive in their mediocrity to me. Yeah, yeah. that may be. That may be. Uh, mm. So there's there's one I'm kind of excited about. There's there's one. one I'm there's one I'm Just kind one. of excited about too. So so there's Just some, one. Oh my! I in fact discovering that one last week kind of turned me around about the season. I'm like, ooh, there's a show I'm interested in, and another Actually, one no, that I'm vaguely two, interested in. So I'm so sorry. There's two short shows that I've, I I like this season. One of them, however, is so far outside the realm of the incomparable that we shouldn't even bring it up. And oh no, we should now. Now now oh. you're now you're in. It's revenge! Oh my gosh, oh, are you guys watching Revenge? It's <laughs> no, so I, I've good. actually heard. I've actually heard kind of kind of good things about that. I, I've never even heard of that. It's a girl in the Hamptons, it's, and she hates all the people. I'm I'm kind of a sucker. I do I do love Emily Van Camp. She's awesome. Is, is it on the CW? No, it's ABC. Hey, well, the ABC ABC is uh, the rich. 
it features walking lab experiment Madeline Stowe and um, as as the queen of the Hamptons and Emily Van Camp as the girl who's going to take her down because Madeline Stowe participated in a scheme that somehow got her father convicted of treason and uh, he died in ignominy. And it is the most deliciously soapy thing I've ever seen in my life. And I say this is somebody who is a dedicated viewer of the original Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place. It, it just, it's gone lunatic just in the first few episodes alone. We've already got um, a sliding Kinsey scale sexuality blackmail going on and, was, and a really annoying high-tech billionaire who's decided to get involved just for kicks and a little bit of class warfare at a bar and... Every time, and, and now there's a secret stripper, stripper doppelganger who was just introduced in the latest episode. Oh, that's and a season it, pass right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm subscribing. <laughs> that's right. So you I got me at stripper doppelganger. And the problem is, I yeah, I, I I will Hulu it at work occasionally just to just to just to get a refresher because it's just that good. And the problem with Huluing something like this at work is is you you find yourself no, you know when you're supposed to be buckling down and it's a, uh, it's a talk to the television show. It is, and yeah, honestly, I, I wish I, like I wish that more of my girlfriends or heck, even boyfriends lived closer to me so that we could all get together on Wednesday nights and watch it and sc- scream at the screen together because it's mind-bogglingly good fun. It, it is addictive. I, I yes. didn't want to like it, and mm-hmm. my my wife started watching it, and I said, "Oh, this is silly, soapy nonsense." But then you kind of get hooked, and pretty soon, I'm sitting down on the couch, and and I'm as raptly attentive mm-hmm. to it as, as anything so yeah and you're yeah. like what will the ball be this week is it is it a charity gala is it the fourth of july and, and every week they have a big uh, a big fancy charity shindig which is just as you do for the sec- yes as, the as one does in the hamptons mm-hmm. yeah is and it actually shot in the hamptons or no oh god no <laughs> it's probably in like long beach yeah. <laughs> oh, so sad. Yes. What is there, that other show on USA that's set in the Hamptons? Royal Pains. Royal Pains. Royal Pains. There you go. Hold me closer, tiny doctors. What we call it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how I thought this podcast would go. No, this no. is good. I, I think we're all getting our skeletons out of the closet now. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, should would anybody else like to talk about shows they're watching that aren't? Should we just start with off topic and then hope that later we move to off? Well, I mean, what, what, what's off topic? I mean, yeah, what, what as John and John, John and I were talking before before about uh, Homeland, which right. I don't think necessarily falls straight into you know our sort of typical wheelhouse. No. But it's then kind again, of, it's kind I, of I will spy argue, or thriller. It's, it's a spy. Intrigue. It's a spy thriller, and I and I love. I'm a geek for spy thrillers. So so there you go. I I would say. Um, so far, and I, and I, again, I have, I've watched mostly pilots of other things. It, it is probably the best new show of the entire that's, fall season. That's Claire Danes. Claire Danes, Damian Lewis. Right. Who you might recognize from, from a what? band of brothers. And Life, right? Life, which uh, a show that I, I liked as well. That was a good show. Canceled. Um, and, uh. Mandy uh, Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin as, as Claire Danes' huh. He's good CIA for a season mentor. of anything. Oh, he's great. He, and then he you know, I think he's, he's awesome in this show so far but you forgot the most important one inara marina 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 baccarin and uh david harewood um a british actor who has appeared in a couple uh i think he appeared in one of the doctor who end of time maybe um the doctor who he was like that that rich reclusive like billionaire or whatever terrible character terrible character but i like (laughs) him he also appeared on the uh bbc robin hood as uh friar tuck but he plays sort of a cia middle management guy who's angling for a for a better a better job. So the premise but, here is that is that um, Damian Lewis um, returns from like a spider hole in Afghanistan or he's Iraq basically or somewhere. Been, he's basically been you know in this like captured by terrorists and held for eight years. 
and he gets rescued. And Claire Danes' character suspects that he may be he may have been turned during his capture, but she basically has this information. Nobody else really knows um, this information that she has, and so she sort of goes out on a limb to try and prove it. And what I like about it so far is that it really, despite the fact that you know you as the viewer kind of know what's going on because you see stuff sort of omnisciently, um, her character clearly is you know right in in sort of like <laughs> straddling the line she does a lot of questionable things and she does a lot of things that don't seem to pay off so she's got this theory and she's sort of sticking to it and trying to prove it but she's not making a lot of headway and sort of in each episode she gets like maybe a little bit closer but she's still kind of on the outside looking in um and so i i kind of enjoy that sort of uphill struggle from her and there's some things with her that make her arguably sort of unreliable as a character. Um, That's a very tactful way of putting it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But she's, I, I, you know, without giving too much away about it, but it's, I, it was one of the, probably the only pilot I watched and was immediately thinking I have to, I have to watch the next episode because it ends on something that's very subtle, um, but is also kind of this huge shift. You know, she spends this whole pilot trying to prove this fact and she at least gets somebody to come around to her point of view at the end. But in, in what it turns out to be a fairly minor sort of revelation. I think um, the, um, I think the pilot is, was, and maybe still is available for free for people to stream yeah, too. I think you could stream it online, although it is obviously censored and on, on show, it's showtime. So there is some stuff to censor. Um, so if you want to see the good parts. Yeah. You don't want it to be censored. All right. <laughs> I, I want. Yeah, I, I have a suspicion why John's saying that, but um, you know, that's that's the way you open. You know, episode one. Let's cut to the chase here. Here's why you want to keep watching this program, and then you know, they'll uh, you, on the show. you know, even the first episode of Stargate had boobs in it. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. I kept watching for eight long years. <laughs> wow, that's dedicated. The power of the boobs. Anyways, a show a show that is really uh, really it's subtle, which I like in a thriller. I mean, it's it's kind of like a. It's got more of a John le Carré angle to it. Um, it's not entirely over the top. Things don't blow up every week. It's not twenty four. Um, it's Thank it's got a, yes. It's got a much more. It's got a much slower burn to it, and I really appreciate that. It keeps you going. Every week, I finish the the show, and I think, holy crap! I wish I had the re- the next episode right now because it's that I'm that engrossed in oh. it. Yeah, right. I, I just caught up on the series. I watched the first episode of it yesterday, and I watched the last episode of it today. So that tells you <laughs> the kind of draw it had for me. Wow. By far the wow. best thing I've seen this season. And what it reminds me most of is season one of The Sopranos in that they're building tension. Like every person in this show uh, – uh, Dan mentioned uh, that Claire Danes was like, you know, kind of uh, not kind of unreliable and strange and not really like your shining knight and the one you're rooting for or anything like that. Everyone in the show has something about them that's off, including like the supposed antagonist, the, the, the guy who's been turned. Like, as Dan was saying, they're leading you since you as the, the viewer see things that no one else sees, you know, you see everything. You feel like you have a pretty good idea of what the truth is. But even if. You know, even if you're pretty sure that you know what's going on, the characters involved in it don't are, are like real people are not sure that they're that they're able to or or willing to or want to go through with the thing you think they're going to do. Everybody, the good guys, the bad guys, the guys you think are bad guys, the guys you think are good guys. Nobody is like an automaton machine who just does what they want to do. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's uncertain. And it's all the, the mellowness is what's great about it, because, you you know, 
I don't know what the budget is for the show, but like there's no explosions, there's no car chases, there's very little you know gunfire or anything like that. It's just a good character story that's slowly building tension. Now, this is the type of series where it will all depend on how they resolve yeah. the story because they're obviously they're building some kind of story here, and it's like, well, how far, how many seasons of this can you do? Eventually, we're going to find out will he or won't he? Is he or isn't he? Does the thing they think going to happen not going to happen? And like, how do you do season two and how do you do season three and so on and so forth? Uh, so they can still mess this up, but uh, I highly recommend this show for all the reasons you might want to watch a show. It reminds me a little bit of my favorite show from last year, which I know John liked as well, which was Terriers, which was another show that had a very slow build to it. Yeah, oh, I, I think this is Terriers. Terriers is much more laid back than this, though. Yes, this is yes, like, this this is is like nail biting. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. So I shouldn't watch this because it's going to get canceled. No, I think it's on Showtime. Oh. So, oh, well, yeah. look, there you go. Yeah, it's already yeah, it's, it's already been renewed. Yeah, you've got watch that, away, that Scott. pay cable guarantee. All right. Yeah, the All pay right, cable Homeland guarantee is nice. Showtime. That's a great recommendation. Um, let's uh, move on and talk about. Uh, oh, we'll go from serious uh, nail biting uh, uh, post uh, Iraq War terrorism to dinosaurs in the past through a time portal. How about that? Oh, <laughs> and that would yeah. be I speak of oh, Terra Nova on Fox. Speaking of Stargate, yeah. Terra Nova is sort of vaguely Stargate-y, and, and actually the people behind it are, are um, it's a bunch of Star Trek producers, plus Steven Spielberg, although I'm always dubious about how he's, how much he's involved in anything. Exactly how hands-on is he going to be with this? He, dro- he drove by the office once. You know, you know I, I will say that I think he is, he is not like super involved, but there's something about this that reminds me of like your your very average Spielberg film. Yeah, like the worst of Spielberg, I think. Well, I mean Spielberg, but like mediocre, right? Like and I think Not that's on TV. What... His TV work is actually generally really poor. Yeah, I mean, but in, in film I'm talking <laughs> I don't about. think he gets the, I don't think he gets the medium. Yeah, it's 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 a weird show. It's not as bad as I thought it would be, but it's not mm-hmm. I think it's pretty terrible. <laughs> oh, it's 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 squandered potential. It's, it's squandered you, potential. That's exactly it, what I was going to say. Is I thought the pilot was pretty good in that mm. it it sets up the scenario where you're you've got a blank canvas, right? You've got these people. They're back in time. They're from the future. They they've they're, they're and they're comp- from a dystopic future, not just right. the future. A right. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest part of the whole show. Honestly, yeah. well, right. <laughs> I want to see more of the future. More than, so, well, that's the nice thing about it is that they can't go back, but people come from the future. They 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 continue to come in waves from the future, and they can. There's some communication back there, and there's some some machinations and some politics. And I I thought that was, I thought the setup was pretty good. I mean, there's some weirdnesses apparently in the original pilot, the husband and wife. Who've been separated because he was put in jail for lying about for having a, having third, a third, kid. third kid, right? So um, the the husband and wife in the original unaired pilot, they were their marriage was was on the outs, and actually the reason that they had the third kid was to try and save their marriage or somehow, and they took that out, which is weird. But what's even weirder is like in the second episode, they introduced this guy who was her old boyfriend, and there's supposed to be some tension there. Except it's very clear that they had to take that out when they decided not to have their marriage be in trouble. So there's it, no tension. Oh, see, that's a huge narrative mistake because oh. this show would have been – okay, I thought this show could have been delightfully creepy if it turns out that Elizabeth had been recruited by an ex-lover who was thinking, hey, your husband's in jail. You're going to be several million years in the past. How's it going? Right. Um, you know, <laughs> well, that's not what that, this show should be about. It's got dinosaurs. It's not supposed to be about our marriages on the really rocks. Nice, like, but that's a nicely creepy setup if he's all, so, kids, I'm your new dad in the past. 
but they, they, they completely haven't done that. They've just dropped that angle. Well, well it's, it's I think I think the push and pull that I heard just here about how it's got dinosaurs. Do we want characters? It's like, well, I was actually thinking that setting, you know, telling stories about interesting people, interesting characters with this with this kind of interesting world that they're in and this backdrop could be good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the second episode is a is a Star Trek episode. It's basically there's a scary kind of dinosaur threat that threatens the ship. I mean, oh, the no. colony. Uh, a, a made up kind of and, dinosaur. And the, and as they can we just sound the spoiler horn and, and talk specifics because uh, it was really like the dumbest premise on the planet. Well, sure. Just... The third episode is also a bad Star Trek. Episode. Right, right. That's the one that made me. I actually didn't even watch it because I saw the preview for it, where it said a virus that erases their memory temporarily, and I'm like, really? Oh, I've yeah. seen that episode of Star Trek. Do you need? And that that was my thought was you've got interesting premise and you've mm-hmm. got and you've got some some vaguely interesting characters. You you clearly got a budget for for like high special effects. You're doing high concept sci-fi of the week. It's like you're on a mainstream network. You've got a sci-fi premise. You don't need to sci-fi it up any further. You've got dinosaurs, you've got people from the future who are now in the past. You don't need a sci-fi virus. As but, as one of my wow. f- one, one of my family members who's a big sci-fi fan said like you know, pick one, right? Like, pick one thing that's different, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, there's too much stuff in this show. Yeah, too yeah, much. Yep. Dinosaurs, done. They can't make, okay? a, they can't make decisions. But they don't they, even they, do they, decent things with the dinosaurs. No. They're no. made up dinosaurs. You've, you've, you've got all these people coming from a dystopic future where an orange is a freaking big deal, and all of a sudden they're put into this past where there's just this profusion of strange flora and fauna, and they're all like, ho-hum, time to patrol the fence that's overrun with giant vines and keep out the dinosaurs. No. Yeah, there's no wonder... There's a whole world to explore with things that they don't even know are out there. And mm-hmm. instead, they sit behind their fence and occasionally they'll be like, oh, geez, there's a dinosaur killing people. We, let's investigate that. <laughs> dinosaur it, it, serial killer. Like, towards the danger. It's this crazy <laughs> where, mix of, of, of some innovative things and then complete retreat into just cliches. It's, it's really disappointing. Also, apparently none of these people were formed by their dystopia. Right. Yeah, they're all just hanging out like college students. No, because in the pilot, they've got all those billboards about how a family is for, and apparently having more than two children is is a grave enough offense where you can get tossed into jail for it. By the population police. Yes, and yet you've got this family that jets into the past with five people, one of whom, you know, was was brought in in a freaking backpack, and they're embraced with open arms by the entire uh, Terra Nova colony. You can't tell me that can't send them back i guess well, <laughs> well no but but the thing is is people could treat them with disgust or like pariahs or be like right, right. screw you lawbreaker and instead they're oh jim whatever did we do before you came along to enforce laws that we haven't actually ratified they don't and, seem oh, like people Elizabeth. from the future right they seem like people from the present as if they've forgotten yeah. that they're from a dystopian future well except for except for Stephen lang who they're just like hey play the same role you played in avatar huh. but slightly mellower you know i, I will <laughs> say something about Stephen lang um I like Perfectly Stephen Lang. Don't get me wrong. No, he, yeah. I like him too. The thing um, I'm glad about, at least so far in Terra Nova, is that it was so obvious going in. It's like, oh, they're going to cast him as this mean guy who's in charge of the colony, and he's going to be a jerk, and they're going to ha- he's going to be the antagonist. And they haven't. Uh, he's actually like he's kind of a jerk. No, he's just he's kind of gruff, right? But, but he's not gruff. Like- but he's got the best interests of the colony at heart, more or less. And 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 I like that because well, and you've got that whole weird subplot keep with him yeah. too, right? With his like son. Wait, this. He has a he has a dark secret too. Sure, yeah, he knows he what the real yeah. deal is with the the, the actual antagonist for uh, taken from Ready Player One, right? They just brought them right over the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that too. I caught that as well. 
That's yeah, but my problem is that so they can't seem to decide. They have dinosaurs attack, and then they have some kind of family drama that they want to do, and then there's a virus, and then it's just just. Oh God! The episode where they're like, "I would like to court your daughter." It just that, that yeah, comes. Exactly. Oh God! The, all those plot lines need to just die. Yeah. And then there's the rebellious teenager. I'm going to go out and sneak outside the fence my first Where day here. Where dinosaurs can eat me. Exactly. I don't know anything about this place, but I'm going to sneak out and have some moonshine with people I just met. Because yeah. that seems like a good idea. See, if they, I, I really think it would have been a bold a bold and sensible artistic decision to kill that kid in the, in the pilot. That would have been awesome. Yeah. And then Stephen Lang could have been like, see, this is why you don't go outside the fence, mothers. <laughs> now your family only has four jerks. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it would have been a very different show if they'd showed up and he said, well, pick two. Yeah. <laughs> we killed the third one. Well, third that's what Phil and I were thinking they were going to do. We were really disappointed when they didn't. <laughs> I mean, this is no, clearly a family-oriented right? show, right? Fox is trying to get the family. So we all agree that the uh, the story and the premise, they're just squandering it, right? But mm-hmm. even, like, let's, let's put that aside and just look at every other aspect of the show. The script. Uh, nothing there no, no just no, flat no. right whatever gets the job done it's stupid the the individual actors chosen are okay individually but like think of the husband and the wife no chemistry None. there no chemistry at all that no. the girl who i loved on kings is just completely flat here i have no interest in her yep. like every there's no interesting character actors there's just not ugh. no Stephen lang it, it, is kind of and the thing is, is Stephen La- mm. well the thing is 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 jason O'Mara is not a bad actor and he was very good in life on mars it's just whoever is guiding his career keeps guiding him into real stinkers because his, his accent is for his fake accent uh, is very weird. I, I barely even recognized him from life on mars and as you mentioned i say oh yeah that is that guy he's such a pale shadow of what he was in that show well, I mean, yeah. yeah, they never like keep his Irish accent someday. So let's let's move on uh, now that we've beaten the dinosaurs to death and uh, talk about two shows that are sort of similarly premised, which is uh, uh, that there are legendary mythical creatures who are real. Um, Grim, well, CG, <laughs> yeah, well, real in. But that's not the premise. The they premise exist. of the show. They're plenty real. The, the prem in the premise department. So there's Grimm, which is about. Uh, I mean, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Angel because it's the same producers. It's David Greenwald and a couple other producers who worked on Buffy and Angel, and that and that that premise is that this guy discovers that he's the latest in a line of of people who fight against supernatural forces in the real world, and there really is a, a big bad wolf that attacks. Um, girls wearing red hoodies and uh and there's this whole other part of the world that he's not seen before that now is revealed to him and then there's also once upon a time um which is a show that suggests that um all fairy book you know the story fairy fairy tales are real and um uh, the wicked queen cast a spell that banished them all from the land of fairy tales and now they live in maine and don't re- don't realize that they're Maine, um, Maine, where there are no happy endings. Maine, Maine is like oh. purgatory, basically. Uh, we've learned um, this just in. And, it must uh, be one town over from Haven. And and uh, and so they they are now in Maine. So so essentially, you end up with a a town that's full of people where you sit there and watch them and go, oh, he's Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk or whatever. Um, and and that's and that's a show. How do you feel about this show, Jason? Do you no, like well, 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 no, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to elaborate on the premises here. Before it was we... just it was just the okay. venom we which you put it to well, or okay. whatever. All right, so let, let, all right, I'll, I'll jump on that then. Once upon a time, so I've seen two episodes of Once Upon a Time, 
And yes, as have I. It's not mm-hmm. good. It's it, no, it's yeah, not. It's okay. It, it's okay. It's not bad. Yeah, but, I watched it, but it's, it's not good. It's but not, it's not here's, good so here's, either. Here's the things. First off, it's from uh, these two guys who were uh, producers on Lost. And you can tell that basically what they've said is it's like lost with fairy tales because every episode seems to cut back and forth between the past in the fairyland with mm-hmm. important things that inform you about what's happening in the present in May. Is there a sound effect accompanying? There is no. There's no. No, sound no. it just fades well, back. Well, that, that Michael Giacchino. But I have. I, so they do these flashbacks, and I think to myself, I think that maybe is a mistake. I think maybe mm-hmm. uh, grounding dull. it in the present would be better. The problem with the fairy, the fairy fairy realm is the fairy realm is ridiculous over the top <laughs> but not oh. enough and if you're yeah. gonna make it ridiculous i thought you should i think you should go all the way camp and they just they play and it they too totally straight. don't well they yeah. don't because they yeah. have to go there every week now right i mean it would be different if the first half of the pilot was about the fairyland and then we never saw it again but instead they keep going back there and and the way they've instructed the actors to act, especially the woman who plays the mayor of the town, who's all, oh Lana Regina, Perla, she's who's fantastic, also, who's also the Wicked Queen. Her her um her performance as the Wicked Queen is painful to watch because it's I it, disagree. It's so it's just it's poor. It is. Well, I it is disagree. Awful. I disagree because I thought that it's the getting way she worse manip- the more you I, fight it, Lisa. It's even worse. I, no, now. I thought I thought that the way she manipulated her father in episode two. At the at the key moment, um, I'm trying very hard to explain this without resorting to spoilers. Anyway, the point is, as she as she manipulated her father, I thought the way that she uh, portrayed the the emotions she was feigning compared to what she was actually feeling, I thought that was fantastic. And I also think she's fantastic as the mayor too, because she does a really good job well, of being. Okay, this- uh, my problem with uh, let me be more specific. Reading reading the over the top wicked queen dialogue where she's mm-hmm. sort of shouting into the air about how, oh, yes. they how must wicked she pay. is yeah that stuff it's is awful hokey. it's yeah. just oh yeah it's painful yeah. so well, I, is there any ever anybody who does that well or because it seems like the the, the 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 we've done a really good job as a narrative convention making villains look like like complete jackholes when they do start the waving yeah. around of the hands and the screaming at nobody in particular they'll pay they'll all pay it, it i mean it doesn't no one does that her. gary oldman does it well i'd they they keep flashing back to this this fairy tale land as we're talking about, but the problem is like everybody knows those stories, yeah, right. Like that's why it's boring. It's telling us a story we've already heard. There's no, as far as I can tell, there's not much. At least, and I, I only saw the pilot, but it seemed like there wasn't too much that like drove those characters to me. I mean, because they're fairy tale characters, right? Ultimately, they are kind of two dimensional, and and for me that meant I didn't really care about their who they were. Um, and and so it's disappointing in some ways to hear that they sort of keep going back to that well because I think there's a, there's an interesting premise there but you know it doesn't need to have the flashbacks I don't know no and, I think uh, they're doing that I think they're doing that so that you you begin to care about who not so much who they were but who they are now I mean, I, I think and I think it's developed a little bit more in the in the second episode and and it and. I'm willing to give this show a little bit more of a chance um, because I, I, I think it, it, it's moving along. It's not, it's not like they're jerking us around. I think it's moving along. Mm-hmm. The first two episodes, there, there's, a, there's a drive to them. And it seems like we're getting a better sense of, of who these people are now. And so, um, so the, the flashbacks to Fairytale Land aren't, aren't 
they don't bother me as much. Although I, the the first episode where they uh, where they were all gathered around the that the round table and they were trying to figure out what to do and they were coming up with maybe some solution to get out of this curse or whatever uh, reminded me a lot of the Imagination Land episode of South Park. <laughs> yes, that's a great call out. <laughs> maybe not Would what you- they were going for. Probably no. not what they were going for, but it's. I, I couldn't help but think of, uh, you know, all of the the council of uh, imaginary characters uh, talking about the crisis, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in imagination land, and and then the, you know there was Jiminy Cricket there on the on the conference yeah. table, you know, it was and that was a little bit funny, but um, but for the most part, you know, I think um, I think this one's this one's got potential, although. Um, it certainly didn't. It didn't come blasting out of the gate the way the way Grimm did. Yeah, it's so it's Grimm. So, yeah. so Grimm. Um, so Grimm mixed, had a much stronger pilot, I think. Mixed vote on Once Upon a Time. Grimm only seen the pilot um, because Loved as it. we record this, it's only on, they've only aired the pilot. Um, it, it, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. I liked it a lot. I, I don't know if I'd say really mm-hmm. good, but I found it more compelling than Once Upon than Once Upon a Time. I find it shocking that Jason, the Buffy guy, loved it so much. Yeah, well, that's exactly no. There's <laughs> as I'm watching it, the chemistry between the blue bot and the and the, and the lead guy were fantastic. Really, I, I found the lead guy kind of flat. Period. Like he's, he he's totally very is. generic. And, and and his buddy, I was rooting for his buddy to die because there was nothing between those two. What the? Cop? Yeah, he's 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 like he's like salt or yeast, where you have to add him to something else, and then everything gets. He's 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 he's, he's a leavening agent. He can, really. You know what distracted me? He looks like uh, he looks like Brandon Ruth. He does. Yeah, I get, like, it's like, and I like Brandon. I like Brandon Ruth better, which is saying something. Yeah, yeah you know, it's like he didn't want to do it, so they mm-hmm. found a lookalike. And Brandon Ruth could use the work. <laughs> yeah, who he incidentally he was on Chuck a couple years ago. Yeah. He was really good on Chuck. I yeah. liked him on oh, Chuck, yeah. but he, you know, yeah. this this guy is kind of like I don't know. So far in one episode, I found him kind of uninspiring, and mm. I I like. I mean, I like the sort of the sidekick guy. Um, the Silas Weir the blue Mitchell. Pod, yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. yeah. I like him. I, I thought he was pretty good. A lot of the other character, I mean, the other characters don't really stand out. The the partner, generic partner, right? Yeah. You know, um, there's the obligatory twist. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting. There's a, there's an interesting potential here. It's certainly a lot darker. Um, mm-hmm. there were little things that bothered me. Um, I, my favorite little bizarre plot point, of course, being the, the girl who goes out jogging and drops her iPod when she gets murdered. And then they, they go look for her 12 hours later, playing the same playing song. The same. God, still why? playing the same song. Like what happened with that? She likes the arithmetic so much. It was on repeat. One song. Exactly. The only song she listens to. Repeat over and one. over and over. Yeah. That, that's some battery life too. Yeah. Well, for Apple. Yes, yeah, we all, I was thinking the same thing. Any other Apple nerds really like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what model headphones those are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did think that. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. <laughs> this was a problem when you get a bunch of Apple nerds watching this show. Also, if you're going to be a crazed um, supernatural killer, don't hum the song that your victim was listening yeah. to when you're That's talking true. to yeah. the police. Well, and that was a weird reveal for me because I did not quite pick it up. But Yeah, he didn't hum it well enough. It's oh, strange yeah. that the partner is the one who picks it up. Like, yeah. I didn't understand why they gave that discovery to him. Maybe this is to show that the Grimm is going to need to be schooled both in regular police work and in the supernatural police work. <laughs> he's not very good at anything. <laughs> he's, he's, oh. he's incompetent on all, all fronts. Well, he kind of is. He's well. He's the audience stand-in. That's the whole point. Is is you always have one in every show who's the neophyte or the the newbie, and 
Grimm had a great line when so the the guy who abducted the girl has him has her in his basement and he's very creepy and then he's walking pot up pie. and he turns exactly he turns to her and says would you like a chicken pot pie yeah and because like, he's okay. fattening her up they say yeah. later which like oh no yeah. it's- what I really like is how the blue bots are all like look we see red hoods we can't help it that's just how we're wired I, I thought that was really nice yeah there's a there's a nice a nice bit where his the guy who uh, he drafts in who's obviously going to be his like advisor into the supernatural world who's a good character and funny and i kept waiting for him to turn to to the to the grim guy and say dude and he finally did and i was like there it is there's the dude he's that kind of guy he's the dude sidekick um but he said i can't go any further because crazy i if i get too close we become like a pack and you know mm-hmm. i gotta turn Bad around and there's happen. that like moment of like i can't go with you any further now you're on your own i like mm-hmm. that and to john's point that the guy who loves buffy would like would like this show it's true i mean it's got a lot of the same pieces and i turned to my wife while we were watching it and i said into every generation one man is born he is the grim yeah mm-hmm. right? what a terrible uh i mean is, 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 is the suggestion basically that they're all descended from the brother grim? grim yeah yeah that's yes it. That's oh, what it man. says. That's kind of lame. So, so the the Buffy essence part of it for me was as soon as I saw an old lady, like incongruous combat, where you right. have someone who you don't perceive to be like a warrior type person, like a high school girl or a, a cancer-stricken aunt, whips out, you know, starts doing this ninja combat yeah, moves, was, and then you discover she's got knives and stuff. That's yep. 100% Buffy. Yep. What was missing from this that was in Buffy is Joss Whedon and his yeah. snappy dialogue. Yes. Better writing. That was, that was nowhere to be found. Which is probably why I like it. It felt more like Angel a little bit than like Buffy for that reason, I think. I I think Angel was better written than this by far. Well, I didn't say it wasn't. I just said it's more. It yeah, feels it's hard to tell from, it's a, from pilot. a pilot too. Yeah, the pilots are pilots are not always good. Judge. But the tone of Angel was much more in line with this. The darker and a little bit less funny uh, than than uh, than Buffy. I think it's a closer analog. One thing this had that Buffy didn't have was the ability to, if not scare, then at least startle. So I was watching this with my wife, and just I told her what the premise of the show was, I think, or I just said it was like the Brothers Grimm or whatever. And, you know, like the first little jump jolt thing with the jogger in the beginning startled her enough to make her contacts come out. Wow. <laughs> that should be a scale. Yeah. <laughs> so like, in addition to, like, she was holding something and just, like, she was startled many times by the show, and it definitely, you know, I mean, that's cheap, like the thing that jumps out at you. But at least it did that effectively, Attention right? Attention, producers oh. of Grimm. You may want to quote from this episode of The Incomparable. <laughs> right. Made her contacts fly out of her eyes. Right. And that's not, you know, so this shows like within the first minute, they had your, they had your attention and they did, you know, the cheap little boo scare. But hey, I'll take, you know, an effective cheap little boo scare. And the thing that was pulling me out of it was... Like they wanted to do a lighthearted tone with the sidekick guy who's like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a werewolf too, but I'm a cool guy." Dude. But they also wanted to have they also wanted to have like, look at the scary person with the bad CG face. Right. That I don't know how they're going to balance that well, but I really think that what this show would need, what the show's need, is, is writing as as uh, good as as Buffy had. Yeah. It doesn't have that now. I don't know if the other the other factors can make up for it. Well, I I kept looking for in sort of the not just the dialogue, but in the structure of the episode. I was I found myself looking for the someone in his life who is inevitably <laughs> turns out to be one of these creatures or in league with them or yeah, something. The, the, well, the and, cop buddy was right, but I look. I was that. waiting for the cop, but there's that's one. They did this really weird shot right after he like finds the little girl underneath the living room. 
they sort of do this weird shot with the partner stepping back, and I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna like turn around, and his partner's yeah, gonna yeah. have like a gun on him. And I was like, well, that would be a that'd be a creepy turn. Or I thought that like the fiance might might turn out to be evil or something. I and was hoping for that because that would have been yeah, awesome. They kind of had yeah. a shot. I yeah. was shot or two. I felt like that hinted at that too. Um, but it didn't quite play off. Instead, so then, then they did the reveal at the end. Who really was the you know? Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I mean. Uh, maybe I'll watch the second episode. I felt better about it, like I said, than I did about Once Upon a Time. But it was still, you know, it's still a mixed bag for me. Yes, of the current, the new uh, fairy tale based hour long shows, <laughs> <laughs> Grimm is number one in my book. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it earned. You know, watching a watching pilots. You, the first hurdle is, can I watch through it? to the end and then the second hurdle is would i watch another episode and once upon a time i was like eh, maybe i'll watch another episode because i gotta do a podcast about it grim grim <laughs> was was uh yeah i'll watch another episode of that I, again it was not like i'm i'm floored this is the best thing i've seen in years it was more like that that was better than i expected and worth uh worth some more of my time palatable palatable yep. you could put that on the poster Got some potential, you know. Got some potential worth worth uh, investigating further. So, yes. yeah, I think so. Oh, and Scott re- summed it up: of the two, go Grim. Exactly. So my um, T-shirt. Yeah, says. I, w- I was going to watch the Once Upon a Time thing for the podcast, but then I saw that Grim was also in the list, and I I surmised that Grim would be the better of the two shows. <laughs> well, and once I watched it, out. I could I could not bring myself to watch the other one. I'm like oh, I can't watch another fairy tale. So that just looks awful. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, I, my senses are working. E- even those of us who don't think it was awful, I, I don't think I would say it was as good. But mm-hmm. um, let's talk about Person of Interest. This is a this is a show that is a, a procedural in some ways, but it it's um it's got the premise is that there's a guy, Mister Finch, who's played by Ben Michael Linus Emerson. from Lost, Michael Emerson, um, and uh, and. Ben Linus is off the island now, and he's built a computer that um, the the government uses to spy on everybody. But he's like put a back door in it so that the names of people who are going to die or be killed or or kill or something related to death um, will be emailed to him every day, so that he can try and um, stop their deaths. It's a bizarre kind of premise, but in the end, it's the setup is there so that the that he and um, Jim Caviezel, Jesus himself, Jim Caviezel, mm-hmm. can JC JC we call him. in in uh, mm-hmm. insert. Ooh, that's JC. It's true. Um, true. Can insert themselves into these people's lives and either you know pr- prevent them from killing somebody or prevent them from being killed. Um, so it's a weird premise. I love Michael Emerson, and in this he is you know he's got a he's got a limp. <laughs> In the flashbacks, he doesn't have a limp. There's mystery about who he is and why he's there and what his history is. Um, so I like him. And um, you know, I have to say, I like I like Caviezel, even though I, I find don't him like I find Caviezel. him kind of bland in other things. I like him in this. I don't. He's, I, like, he's like Eric Roberts or something. Yeah, to well, me no, but this. I mean, like, they, like I, I think he comes uh, across as effectively menacing. No, I don't. I don't see. I don't like it because I think he's more. He's a little too much of a cipher. 
I wanted a little more. He he's warming up the the interplay with him and Michael Emerson's getting a little bit better, but in the pilot especially, he's just sort of like the guy who shows up and beats the crap out of you, and not he he just doesn't seem to have much of a personality of his own. So I think he's a liability. Well, see, I kind of figured they would flesh that out. I mean, I, I you know they gave you'd a couple... have to right. Right, right. But I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed watching him beat the – that first scene where he beats the crap out of the punk kids who are just sort of, you know, over-the-top the yeah. ridiculous and kids. on the subway. But yeah, but it's, it's you know, it's the kind of, it's the kind of people you want to see get, their, get the crap beaten out of them, right? Yeah. There's something cathartic about that. Yeah, Twice. exactly. Twice. Then he yeah. gets shot. Yeah, no, I kind of enjoyed so that. So, Ben, the show – the two shows that this show reminds me of. One is Vengeance Unlimited. Yeah. Which I know you love. Which was a mighty fine show. And the other is The Equalizer, which I loved with Edward Woodward, who was yeah. the you know ex-spy who now just barges into people's lives when they're in trouble and beats the crap out of the mean people who are trying to hurt them. Yeah. And I loved, I loved that show because it was menacing and it was kind of like New York, the threatening side of New York. And then this guy comes in and he, he will just use all the tools at his disposal to destroy the bad people who are trying to hurt other people. And I love that about that show. And that's... That's the thing that I do like about Person of Interest. Yeah. It's got that feeling to it. Yeah, I mean, but Vengeance Unlimited, by the way, had had more of a sense of humor than than this show does. Um, I, I was a little bit, I was a little bit uh, ambivalent about this show. I didn't want to like it. I didn't want it to succeed because, um, because I thought that if it succeeds, then we'll never see Odd Jobs, which is oh, this yes. planned the- show with with uh, <laughs> with Terry Ben Linus O'Quinn. and John Locke. Yes, yeah. Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, that that and, sounded like an awesome show. Man, I am a little depressed about that. Yeah. So, but but turns out turns out this is this is actually pretty good. And um, you know, it, I think we're what, five or six episodes into this thing. And I haven't seen that many of them, but I, I I've only seen watched three. the pilot. But I watched the the pilot was enough to at least convince me to give the next one a shot. Well, and it's and it's worth giving a shot. And it turns out there there are some some other conspiratorial threads that are moving through it. It's okay. not just it's not just about the backgrounds of of uh, Emerson and and Caviezel's characters. There's also some things happening that some of the some of the the cases that they've been on, some of the some of these numbers that they've uh, that they've taken on, and and some of these people that they've they've saved or or taken out um uh turns out there there have been implications to some of the things that they've done sort of unforeseen consequences which is always very interesting um the so numbers it, the numbers are bad well <laughs> well I, although i have to do have to knock them for a for a out of left field plot twist in the pilot which is just i don't know i looked as soon as it happened i could see like all right i see what you're gonna do here and yet i thought back to earlier in the episode and i was like this doesn't really make any sense <laughs> like you just kind of did that to be ooh look surprise oh yeah yeah and 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 i remember and at the end of that my wife turned to me and said if they do that every week this isn't going to work but they no. don't yeah, they don't no, that's good um, that's good and it, it's actually pretty smart but uh and and it may be that there are there are other powers at work here that um you know that have not been revealed and so um, there's a lot to this show that that's w- worth watching. I, I think you're, you're you. There's something what you say, Jason, that um, uh, Caviezel's character is a little bit. Um, he's a little bit of a, of a little bit of a cipher, but a I slab. Do, I sort of think he's just like a kind of a brick that is yeah hurled at people. But um, I think I think little by little we're we're getting to know him a little bit better, and um. And so it, it 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 keeps you wanting to come. It keeps you wanting to come back for more. At least it does for us. And 
Um, so we enjoy it. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and and I, but I do think you're right. I mean, Emerson's character is so tremendously watchable. Um, he he's just you know the guy that uh, you never. I mean. Um, he, he really kind of makes the show, but it's got, it's got action. And by the way, um, they're not, a, I think it's an eight, is it, it's an eight o'clock show, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't uh, but they're not, time yeah, I don't time, either. Time I don't either. Relevant. It just, it just materialized, it just pops up on burn. my DVR. Uh, but it, but they're, you know, people get killed in this show. Yeah. <gasps> and, yeah. Well, yeah, how many people get shot in the pilot? I was like, this is very interesting because I, I find it, especially coming from a perspective as a writer, um, having a likable or at least relatable protagonist who kind of indiscriminately kills people <laughs> is is really hard. Sometimes he like, shoots a, them in the knees. Right. I mean, he's got, sometimes he's got he shoots precision. them in the head. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, and, and so it's like, you know, that's that to me is that is a bold choice. And I think that's if you're going to I mean, you want to back that up, right? Like you want to have it, it shouldn't feel cartoony. It should have consequences. It should feel dangerous. It right. should feel kind of brutal. Um, and if you're going to do something with the character along that lines, that's very interesting to me because I think that's something you wrestle with as a uh, having a protagonist who is willing to cross that line. Um, but if it just comes off as too like you know ridiculous, oh he's just you know he just kills people that, that have no meaning, right? Like that's the eighteen. Yeah, I mean it's well the eighteen. No one ever dies no, they didn't in the kill 18, them, right? Though. No, the, the car would blow up and they'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, but it is it is a it is a show with it loses weight, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Any uh, other thoughts about Person of Interest? Well, speaking as as someone who was watching Prime Suspect, thinking it was Person of Interest, ah. <laughs> Jim Caviezel, if he wore a hat, then exactly, and, and was blonde. I, ha- I have no uh, opinion of the show, but I will say Prime Suspect is entertaining. I was it's- very confused when I was watching the pilot because I I wanted to watch uh, whatever Person of Interest because people on Twitter, all the nerds I follow on Twitter were talking about it. So I was like, oh, I should watch that show. So I watched the episode of Prime Suspect, Prime Suspect. which was unrelated, and I watched it. I was like, this is a good police. Procedural, procedural, you know, the woman yeah. has uh, an attitude and she's dealing with sexism on the police. That's interesting. But why are all these people talking about it on Twitter? I was very confused. Then I realized I was an idiot. Yeah. I was watching the wrong show. But. That's, that's, I thought Prime Suspect was fine, but it was one of those shows that I, I you know, I, I don't need a police procedural and yet another police procedural in my life. I just don't, you know, but it was fine because Maria Bello is in that. She's, she's good, but she is good. Yeah. And she has a hat. She she does have she has an aggressive hat. I like how first of all in that show I like how they drink so much. I like that a lot. Do. And I also yep. I li- I also like the fact that um most of the other people on 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 that squad uh are sort of halfway incompetent. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'll true. say you know they'll, they'll, they you know they'll they're, they'll, they're try jerks. To, they'll try to frame people, you know, because they you know, I like this guy for this murder, so I think we should just, you know, <laughs> Yeah, right. I like that that sort of thing, and there's, you know, it's it's kind of a um, path of least resistance sort of uh, bureaucratic thing that I, that, that strikes yeah. me as kind it's of true. realistic. So um, it's kind of a neat show. I don't know. And I think it's interesting that the you know the, what's her, the Bellows character? She's like, okay, I think that uh, the suspect is this guy, and clearly, if you're intelligent. It is, in fact, that guy. It makes sense. And all the other people are like, you're a girl. What do you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was one of the challenges. I mean, obviously, this is based on a really long and running 
uh, British series with Helen Mirren. It goes back mm-hmm. to, I think, the early 90s. Yes. And, you know, it's where the queen solves crimes. Yes, the queen solves crimes <laughs> with her little corgis. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, that was one of the criticisms I heard of it was just people talking about the fact that, well, you know, not that, that the sexism isn't an interesting angle, but also that, you know, the, the, the arguably the world of, of 20 years ago is a bit different than the world of today in some regards. But I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. di- I didn't watch the pilot and I, I, I do have fond memories of the seeing the, the, the earlier one. It shouldn't even be called Prime Suspect because it really has nothing in common. Uh, it, it, other than that, it's a woman who's a detective, right? I mean, and that's you know that's that's, that's to the better in some ways. I know that a lot of times the American shows do better when they take a bigger yeah, departure from maybe their so. inspiration. But that's such a uh, an honored kind of uh, series that that it, it, yeah, it seems kind of weird, to, and I'm not quite sure what it really has in common. But um, you know, but it's fine. We should um we should move on. Um I believe somebody wanted to talk about uh American Horror Story, which I think is on FX, which is from the uh from the people who brought you those fresh faced kids at Glee. So tell me about tell me about American Horror Story, because I have not seen it and I don't know anything about it other than that uh that uh, uh coach Mrs. Coach is in it. <laughs> Miss Yeah, oh yeah, she's not very Mrs. Coachy here. No. Um the premise is that uh, Dylan McDermott and uh, Mrs. Kochi are uh, <laughs> uh, t- Tammy Taylor. What's her actual name? Oh, oh Connie Britton. Connie Britton. Thank you. All right. Yes, there there are a couple who are on the outs with one another. Um, she apparently had a third trimester miscarriage slash stillbirth that she's still recovering from physically and psychologically. He solved his grief by uh, plunging into the arms and or other parts of an undergrad, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> So their marriage has been under a great deal of strain, and they decide that the best thing to do is to subject themselves to another one of life's most stressful events, which is a cross-country relocation with their sulky teenage daughter. They end up at this huge um, neo-Victorian monstrosity in Los Angeles. Jessica Lang is their baddie next-door neighbor who says really hateful things about the disabled to her daughter who happens to have Down syndrome. Um, and over the course of a couple episodes, you discover that the house – in which Mrs. Coach and Dylan McDermott live is simply packed with ghosts. Um, it's supposed to be horrifying, I suppose, with the title being American Horror Story and all, but really the show is just so far around, around the bend that it, it, it's, 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 it's kind of a black comedy because just when you think that it can't get any more ludicrous and that people cannot act any less like human beings actually act, along comes something else and you're like, okay, Okay, we have just moved off in, in a. We have just moved beyond the boundaries of of, of the odd. Um, things like that include Jessica Lang making Ipecac, um cupcakes and sending them over as a housewarming gift, and then swanning about the same house while giving dramatic monologues about the deficiencies of her children. Um, Dylan McDermott goes jogging with a guy who burned his family to death in the 1970s and the guy keeps handing him headshots to check out because he wants to be an actor. Um, there's some weird fetal pig thing that lives in the basement and terrifies people. It's just, the, oh, there's a guy in a gimp suit running around the house too, but apparently no one notices him. Let me ask, let me ask, let me ask perhaps what is the, what is the like elephant in the room question? Why don't they move? They can't. <laughs> they, they, they address this in one episode where they have, they have no money. Apparently moving uh, West bankrupted them. And since he's a psycho, uh, no one's going to buy that house. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Their mortgage is underwater oh. and covered in blood and haunted. 
Yes, that's 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 basically the, that's basically the premise they go with is oh it's it's the real estate market's in such a dramatic downturn. There's no one who will ever move into this place. <laughs> oh, also Connie Britton, um, her character is pregnant, and they're pretty sure the father is the ghost gimp. So the oh. the fetus is apparently conspiring to keep them in the house too, and it's just um, wow. So Lisa, yeah, it, I, I I could not want to watch this show any less than I do right now. It is like someone took. It is like Ryan Murphy was like, okay, I need a dartboard, and on that dartboard, you should have every ridiculous horror cliche that has ever been in any movie in the last thirty years. And this week, I want someone to hand me a a a a, a quiver of ten darts. I'm going to throw them at that board, and whatever it lands on, we're putting it in this episode. Wow. It's just. It is ludicrous. It is madcap. This is like I think Grant Morrison would be like, "This is a little much, guys. Maybe maybe lay off." Ludicrous it's- and madcap. <laughs> I'm watching it on Hulu. Um, since our DVR is always full anyway, um, I'm watching it on Hulu. So I'm granted I'm a week behind, and I understand the Halloween two parter is really kind of an eye crosser. But this is something where if if you get a chance to watch it and and you're in the mood to laugh yourself silly and and have something that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever so you're watching it for the for the for the laugh value basically yes All yes right. i am okay so yeah. noted so american horror story got it i'm going to steer clear of that one yeah mhm yeah. Oh, I didn't even mention there's that the ringer show with with Sarah Michelle Gellar that's awful. Did anyone watch that? I watched it. That's got Why? Buffy in it. It's really bad. Oh. All right, good. I don't watch it then. It's really bad. <laughs> no. It's 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 terrible. But but she doesn't go to the Hamptons, but she does go out on a boat and it it's the worst um green screen effect you've ever seen. She's like, I saw that on the soup. It was hilarious. It's it's oh. she's like it's like she's standing in front of a painting of the sea <laughs> on a boat <laughs> and pretending to rock. And then she falls in it and the falling in, it's like somebody has a cup of water that they throw back out. It's just, uh-huh. it, it, it appeared to be, you know, I don't know. They, they, it was like a high school play. Wow. It was delightful. Uh, the TV critics um, so, ha, got that in their, in their little uh, advanced look. And, and I know a couple TV critics who, who actually... Uh, called the network and said, you're going to fix the special effects, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we are. It'll be better. And then it, it was not. It was the same thing. She's just in front of a backdrop. Wow. It's, so, a, uh... it's a bad, it's, it's, it's overly complicated and weird and bad. And again, bad use of twins and split screens and things. And oh. it's bad. So I'm sorry I even brought it up now, quite frankly, other than that I wanted to beat it up. And now I, I will say... Um, good news. While we were recording this, I happened to browse a, a, a TV news site and found that uh, we will have once upon a time to kick around all season. Oh yeah, we got picked up for the full, full season, season yeah. order. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to mention before we um, talk briefly about returning shows, I wanted to mention one other um, show that I, I don't believe anybody here saw. So I'm going to recap it for you, having not seen it, which is a gifted man. This is a show that's on, I believe, CBS on Friday nights. All you need to know about The Gifted Man is it's um, The Ghost Whisperer crossed with Medium, oh, which I are have... essentially the same show. But I believe, in fact, that <laughs> what the premise of the show is that the, the man's dead wife comes back and helps him solve oh. crimes. He's a doctor. He's a doctor, by yes, the way. That's this show. Yes. That's that show. It's not, it's not person of interest, Scott. <laughs> My wife will like this show. So it's like the ghost whisper, except without cleavage. Well, the ghost has the cleavage this time, and oh, okay. I believe the ghost is is Jennifer Ely from uh, 
Pride and Prejudice. I, I heard about this show, but I watched Prime Suspect instead. So. <laughs> I'm surprised your wife hasn't made you watch this show, Scott. Don't ma- don't let her don't let her know that it's on. Uh, yeah, she's been out of town, so. Uh, but I'm sure once she hears about it, she'll want to watch it. Also, uh, also starring um, Patrick Wilson as the main character, who's in uh, Watchmen, among other things. He is the gifted man of mm-hmm. the uh, of the. Title. A, he's a gifted man, Jason. He's he not could, necessarily well, he's, the only one. But he's well, he's the gifted man of the title, though. The yes. uh gifted man. <laughs> the how gifted is, man. How is he? In this, uh, uh, he over over he's overwrought. He, Ben, yeah. Ben, you didn't say anything. You've seen a gifted man. I yeah. <laughs> Just the, come on, yes. let it out. Saw the pilot. Hated it. <laughs> There's like four episodes queued up on the DVR, and I'm and I'm every not a day goes by where I'm not tempted to just delete them. But then my Give wife give in to your notice. hate. And then I would be killed in my sleep. I'm going to be killed in my sleep in, right. in, in any event. You should delete, might, we'll just, before you we'll die, you should delete them. them, yeah. And then the yeah. ghost whisperer will talk to you. Yeah. The gifted man. Exactly. Yeah. Overwrought and terrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> okay. Oh, don't watch it. Can, right. I, can I mention a new show that I forgot that I like? Yes. yes. Is, is, it, is it Prime, Prime Suspect? Suspect. <laughs> <laughs> it is, in fact. Starring Ben Linus as the Prime Suspect. No, it's not. It's not Prime Suspect, but it is a show that I didn't think I would like uh, because it's on Stars and generally Ooh, Stars. Is it Boss? It is Boss. Oh, I heard really good I things. I, I love it. Boss. Oh, Boss is so good. It's a Kelsey Grammer, and it was in like the first two minutes because you see Kelsey Grammer and you think, "Look, it's Doctor Fraser Crane." But within yeah. two two minutes of watching this, he's not Fraser Crane. He is this crazy, uh, scheming, really mean uh, mayor of Chicago who has found out that he has a, a neurological disease and he's he has to kind of keep it from everyone. It's just a fantastic show. This is this is a this appeals to the political science geek in me. This is like um Deadwood was another show like that, which you know. Oh, I was, loved Deadwood. Which had a lot of things going on, but ultimately it was that was a that was a show for you know political philosophy geeks and and boss is a little bit like that too and i just i saw that we watched the first episode of that and i told i told my wife this is my favorite show in the universe <laughs> right now because it's got because you know and and you know all all the hype leading up to the show by the way and they went out of their way to say Kelsey Grammer is not Richard Daly, even though he's been in office for 18 years and he's the most powerful man in the city. He's not Richard Daly. Total coincidence. Yeah. It's a total it's coincidence. Just... I mean, the power dynamics, the I mean, people, you know, the the patronage, the the horse trading. There's a city council meeting in the first episode where he, there's this whole thing going on where they're trying, which is based partly on a true story, by the way, where. Um, the city is trying to uh, expand O'Hare Airport, and uh, they they find an Indian burial ground there, and this becomes, of course, a huge problem because you can't just dig up uh, Indian burial ground, and so there has to be, um, so they, uh, you know, they they have to attach this this uh, they have to give the mayor total control of this project, and they have to do it through waste management, and it's just this wonderful. <laughs> Low politics. It's just fantastic, and and it's just great stuff. So, um, I haven't watched. I haven't had a chance to watch the second episode yet, but it it is just great. It is just uh, ah, 
Scott. is just great. Scott, you picked a winner. Apparently. Who knew? And I don't even like politics. But uh, Kelsey Grammer is uh, fantastic as uh, this character. As the boss. As the boss. Tom Kane. Uh, before we go, I want to I wanna quickly touch base on some shows that have returned that we might want to uh, mention at least briefly. Uh, the Walking Dead is back Ugh. on AMC. I've only seen the first of of those episodes, and I feel just as kind of lukewarm-ish. I actually dropped the series this huh. year. Nope. Yeah. I've been liking season two. I never, I never started watching, so I, I'm not. John, you're liking it? Yeah, I th- well, yeah. I've seen, I've seen all the. What has it been? Three episodes, four. Like, the, in the first season, I, don't, I felt like they didn't really know, or maybe they knew, but they, they, they waffled around a little bit mm-hmm. whether they were going to be concentrating on like the. They have to spend some time like the destruction of the United States and look at all this stuff and the big budget things and they're in a city and everybody's dead and stuff like that. But now they've they've narrowed the show down to just these people that you care about and how they're going to survive. And it's almost like the zombies are not that important anymore. Uh, It's a little manipulative, uh, but there's been enough interesting moments that it's been grabbing my attention. Like the the, the main storyline, which you see set up in the one episode you saw, that's still going on. Uh, I think I'm on episode three or four or something. Uh, and I like it. It's perfect. You know, it's not it's not knock my socks off. Uh, but when new episodes coming out, I want to see what happens. I'm I'm interested in in the people on this show. Yeah, I'm interested, and in I just I it, it leaves me. I don't finish one episode and be oh I can't wait to watch the next episode. It's more like all right, I'll watch the next episode sometime. Um, <sighs> it just doesn't doesn't grab me at that level. So Lisa, you you uh you got pushed all the way away from it, huh? Yes, I did. Any any reason in particular? Did it just not was the uh, magic you know- gone, or were you never that real really that into it? I had a hard time getting into it, and as the season progressed, I felt that the characters acted less like human beings with understandable motivations and more like obvious stand-ins or symbols where they were supposed to mean something or stand for something or move a story along. Mm. And so because I couldn't really connect to any of the characters or empathize with their motivations that much, um, I thought, you know, this. Uh, I'm already watching one show where the, the characters on it don't look like human beings, and Terra Nova's free, so... Uh, uh. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> the uh the the spell was broken oh. yeah plus i'm I'm kind of tired of zombies yeah <gasps> i hear you you know i mean i i don't mind reading not i don't mind i do think walking dead is a great comic book um you know it's robert kirkman and, and i think it's really solid work and i think that the story plays out well in the comics medium it might actually be kind of challenging to do in in television in a way just because uh your brain doesn't have to fill in so many of the gory details are laid out for you yeah, but I, like I said, I, I have a hard time connecting to the characters. The show inspired me to read all of the comics, and then the comics ruined the show for me because they're so much oh, better. Oh, jeez, those comics are nightmare fuel. They, yeah, they're they're pretty, comics are really good. They're, they're very yeah. uh, grim. <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The word of yeah, the day is grim. Brought yes, to you that's... By. Letter G. Once upon a, once upon a time. <laughs> Ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> that said, did anybody see the um, the web only series that they did as an interstitial between season yeah, one and season I saw two? That. That, was, that was cute. It's like what you expect. Heartrending is what it was. Oh my gosh! Yes. Well, I meant like the the production values. Like you, you know, you know, you can just it looked like a web thing. It's like they mm-hmm. gave a guy a camera and not much of a budget, and you're going to fill in this little story point. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I thought the, the trailer for Dead Island was better than that, if you want to go for it. But the trailer for Dead Island probably, that's a game, by the way, about zombies, mm-hmm. probably cost a lot more than those webisodes. So oh, I'll give I thumbs up to the webisodes. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's talk about uh, the other ones that I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up Fringe, which is back. We Ooh. talked about that a bit 
Last time I've only Fringe, seen Fringe one. Is having a good season. Two episodes of Fringe so far. I've I am, seen. I am all cut up, and I got to say, I I've really enjoyed this season. It's. Do you remember what I said at the end of the last season, though? I forget what you say, John. My prophecy, yes, my prophecy, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> has, has come to pass. I said, oh, like, oh, the, you know, Pacey has been erased from history. Well, has he been dropped from the show? No, he's still employed. So now we have uh, to endure a season of. Well, well, we're supposed to have forgotten him, but I sense him. I sense I hear his voice. Man. My, well, the power I, I of my mean, love is I, more powerful know, than the space-time continuum. That and, uh, that interested me less than than Walter's interactions with him, which is that you know mm. Walter basically thinks he's insane. Um, yeah, I don't want any interactions with him. If he's is he erased from history, he's erased from history. If he's not, he's not. What I'm liking about the show so far this year is that they they did I thought quite a brilliant thing in the season finale, which is um, create a portal, basically merge the two universes together in the sense that there's a portal and you can just walk from one into the other, and therefore they in the I told this to Dan, the city and the city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I told yeah. I told Dan um, after I'd seen the first episode. And he'd already seen the second. I said, what they need to do is have, like, a crime that can yeah. only be solved by going into the other. And he's like, oh, that's the second episode. And it's like, well, that's well, good. That, that's a great I, I liked a lot of that second episode, which was kind of super creepy, which basically involved in oh, one universe, yeah. there's a serial killer. And in this universe, he's a criminology professor. So they bring him over to, like, consult, but not, not telling him that he's the murderer that they're consulting on, um, which <laughs> I think about bright. halfway through, unfortunately, <laughs> it loses... They they decide yeah. they need to accelerate things, but like I just sort of sat there thinking, wow, this would be like the creepiest short story ever. Like this would be a great short story, <laughs> um, and I I like that. I like a lot of the parallel universe stuff they do. I love that they brought um, uh, our universe Lincoln Lee in as the as the sort of partner in the interim. Um, I like a lot of the subtle changes in and some not so subtle changes in the way that the characters have developed in this alternative universe. Right, because not only is it a parallel universe, pair of we parallel now have, universes, but it's an alternate yeah. timeline now, too. Right. Well, That's so I kind of like what they've done with the, the characters are actually different. I think Olivia, they've they've made her a distinctly different character in some in some small ways. Walter, obviously, is a very different character in many ways. Like, he's basically a shut-in. He won't leave the lab. You see all this, the good work that Peter has done with him over the past three years has totally been, you know, undone and worse. Um, the dynamics are different, you know, between the team in, in some different ways. Yeah. Um, it's... I, I don't know. I really this is this is one of the shows that it, every season it grows on me, um, and and I find I like it more and more. Uh, so I'm I'm it's, now that I've sort of reached far enough that 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 Peter has become more part of the equation. Um, so I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Has anybody here? Does anybody here listen to or have you ever listened to the Phil Hendry show? Oh yeah, on talk radio, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you have, Lisa. Um, Phil Hendry is this this radio talk show host who does his own. Basically, his his call in guests are him. He's doing the voices, and one of the bits that he does from time to time is um, somebody. Well, he'll put somebody on hold, and they'll force their way off of hold. They'll will their way out of hold. <laughs> Um, that's sort of that's sort of I thought of that with with this whole thing with with Peter willing his way out of the you know out of non-existence in the space time continuum. But other than that, it's it's been good so far. But, you know, willing his way out of sort of a metaphysical hold, as it were. I like, I like the two Olivia's, uh, especially since with the alternate history, uh, Olivia in the main universe, she's a little, a little bit less of a wet blanket than the old one was. So seeing her bounce off of faux Olivia. Yeah, uh, like in that episode where they crossed over and everything that that those two characters interest me because I think 
I mean, we all kind of talked about how we wrote her off a little bit as an actress for, in the beginning of the first season because she was just kind of blah. But then, you know, once she gets to play that other character, she sort of come alive. And I, I like that interaction. I also liked Walternate. You know. Yeah, she's more three dimensional in in within this alternate timeline. Um, I also I'm looking forward to greatly the moment when when Lincoln and Lincoln meet because those are two other characters that I think are very different in some ways. And they've done such a great job with the alternates of having them be different characters that honestly I go long periods of time watching the show and this is full credit to them not just the special effects but to the actors and to the the writers. I go I go long periods of time without realizing that I am actually watching the same actor <laughs> playing yeah. both parts mm-hmm. because you know Olivia and her duplicate are completely different characters and they they have done a very good job of that. It doesn't feel like different mannerisms, different speech patterns, different. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, it, it's not like you're watching the Parent Trap. So and, and they have they have them both in the same wigs. That was the best part because the full Olivia is trying to oh, dress right. up like Olivia, but you can still tell, only tell it's her, even though she's trying to look exactly yeah. like the other one. Well, and was, and in apparently in an, in another little twist, we have the uh, apparently Broyles is still alive in the yes, alternate universe. They changed. In, they changed history. So he's alive. That was a parallel that was, universe alternate timeline. That was subtly done, actually, where they talk about Broyles, and I and I turned to I'm like I turned to my wife dead? and say he was dead. So and but it's just like you know that's well, but part he of was the deal. dead because in that whole incident where the Folivia was in our universe, yeah, yeah. and so that yeah. never happened because yeah. Peter was never there. Yeah, so. it's it's uh yeah it's it's a quite a mind bending kind of thing, but it's an enjoyable show. I'm enjoying it. I I really I've been having a good season with it. I'm looking forward to to future episodes and i know they're uh i heard they're bringing back jared harris who i really loved as an antagonist uh from mad men all right so um i wanted to also mention before we go um uh one more show on my list that i want to mention is community which is a sitcom so why am i even bringing it up but uh first off if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched community you owe it to yourself to watch it just try it um i think there's there's so much in there that um that people of a geekier persuasion will love the, the one episode in particular which is called remedial chaos theory in which the characters um live a seven different alternate timelines based on who goes downstairs to get the pizza is one of the funniest things i've i've seen on tv in like five or ten years great episode mm-hmm. and then you you um you nerds out there may also appreciate the running gag this season where one of the characters abed discovers a new tv show that has become <laughs> his favorite show which is called inspector space time which may resemble <laughs> other long-running british shows uh or not as i understand it there's another particular british show which is basically just a ripoff of inspector space time yes yes it, it is a knockoff of it so inspector space time is a is a uh a, a british police inspector who with his partner who is a uh a, a british uh, cop with a big tall hat and a and a, and a nightstick they travel in a phone booth fr- through time and space it's a, it's a long running show it has been on well, since the time. 60s yes Yes, Inspector Space Time. Anyway, so that's that's in there, and uh, and and Remedial Chaos Theory, fantastic yes. episode with the multiple timelines. Great show, uh, lots of insane premises that make it. That's what makes it not just your regular your regular run of the mill sitcom. They they uh, try very hard to do kind of outlandish uh, episodes, and I love I loved Community dearly, so I want to recommend it. And this season has one hundred percent more John Goodman. 
which yes, and, it does. With I think and one hundred percent more Omar from the Wire. Uh, yes, Omar, yes. Omar from the Wire, isn't it? As a, as that was in one of my favorite random aside moments in this entire season is what happened to Legos? <laughs> <laughs> I know you all know what I'm talking about. And I did know what he was talking about. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know exactly. Anybody of a certain age knows exactly what he is talking about. Yes, yes. None of these conversations I'm having make any sense. That was my favorite line. uh, I love that show Mm -hmm. dearly. Are they going to do a puppet episode and a musical episode too? Uh, It's Uh, only a matter of time. Well, they've done a claymation episode, so they did. They did, and the Dungeons and Dragons episode last year, which was a fantastic episode. That was a fantastic episode. episode. Yes. Paintball episodes. Yeah, there's so many good, so many good episodes. Yes, yeah. you do owe it to yourself yeah. to watch. Watch Community, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Any other shows coming back that you guys particularly like that you want to give a plug I'm, to? I'm, Now's the time. I mean, I have a conversation with myself about Supernatural Season 7, which <laughs> has been excellent. Uh, I could probably have a conversation ooh. with myself about Haven, but that's just, uh, it's it's another entertaining little, it's the end of the week. You don't want to think too hard. It's vaguely sci fi ish Yeah, it's on the Sci-Fi Network. Um, Is that the Amanda Tapping protects um, alien animals from... No, it's um. No, that's a different theatric- show. Have no, I invented it's, it's, that show? Is that a real show? <laughs> yeah, that's that's Sanctuary. <laughs> oh, that's uh, it. That's what I was thinking of. Sanctuary. See, Sanctuary seems like it should be about monsters. Haven. Sanctuary. We can see sanctuary. Haven. Sanctuary. That yeah. yeah, it's it's absolutely it's yeah absolutely. Um, no, this is basic. Basically, it's a show where the episodes have your 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 an F a, a an FBI agent who may or may not actually be an FBI agent. She is not sure. Um, has to deal. Yeah. Is is exiled to a small main town wherein she deals with a freak of the week while also unraveling keys to her oh, identity. Is, it, oh. this, is this based on the Stephen King? It was nominally based on it, but Lo- I think at this point, okay, yeah, in that they were both written in the English language. Um, <laughs> well, it takes place in Maine. <laughs> Come Maine, on, right. yes, well, yes. I think Stephen happens. King is copyrighted Maine by this point, hasn't yes, he? Yes, at this point, the entire that? state yeah. of Maine to get a uh, <laughs> permission from Stephen King to film in Maine or to say they were filming in Maine. Yeah, Purgatory is Maine. Okay, so Haven. So Haven, so it's 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 funny. It's 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 got a nice light sense of humor right. about itself, and they give they give people credit for for being able to pay attention from week to week. But they it's also a good show to dip in and out of if you don't want to pay a lot of attention and, and have slow decompression of a plot over an entire season. Right, and John, and uh, sorry, Dan, Dan loves Supernatural. Well, I, you know, I I will say I will say that that Grimm is a poor man Supernatural. Sorry, mm-hmm. gotta say it. Yeah, see, I've never seen it may be, uh, Supernatural. But it does, it does, it does the, uh, it does it better. Does the supernatural, the right. creepy, strange creatures and monsters thing? It does it better. But there are no, there are no, there are no teen, teen heartthrobs in Grimm. Uh, you think that guy wasn't cast because he's a heartthrob? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, he was cast because the he guy looks who looks like, like Brandon Ruth, yeah, for, for his superb <laughs> acting ability. Yeah, yeah clearly, clearly. Cast. clearly. All right, Supernatural. So if you like Grimm, you'll love Supernatural. Travel back in time eight years and watch that instead. Hey, it's all going to be on Netflix. Oh, no oh, good, good. Then I'll watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Uh, any other uh, returning shows we should uh, we should make the listeners aware of? Well, my Sunday nights, uh, I banish my wife from the living room because she cannot watch Walking Dead because it's too tense for her. And then after Walking Dead, I watch Dexter. So Dexter is back, and she she can't watch. <laughs> so you like to unwind on Sunday nights, yeah. is what you're telling us. I do. I like to watch zombies and serial killers. And uh, then you and yeah. then you're covered in blood, and you it, need to rinse off before it's bedtime. True. Uh, okay. Any other shows before we go? Any other things you'd like to recommend? Plenty, plenty of shows I watch that I'm not going to recommend. All right. So, so on that note, now that we've uh, given people, uh, it's like a dozen shows they can watch 
only a few of which we actually recommend. Um, mm-hmm. So we've basically wasted uh, not only this hour of the listeners' time, but many other hours of their lives while mm-hmm. they'll be watching these TV shows that we've recommended. A job well done. Tweet me our, if you want to watch Revenge on Pacific Time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's El Schmeiser. <laughs> if you want to watch Revenge on Pacific Time and join yes. in the fun. Um, yes. The Hamptons will never be the same after the revenge is wrought. Oh. Or... Something. I'll, I'll tune into um, Revenge, but of course I will end up watching Prime Suspect. Prime Suspect so. yeah. It's yes. Scott. Scott. Scott turns on his TV and he's like, "What? There's only Prime. It's the only show that's on. It's Prime again. Every channel is Prime Suspect." It's the I, I raid Scott's TV. Sorry. Oh, hat lady. Yeah. So uh, that's right. So, soon we'll find Scott and he'll be wearing Mar- a hat. Maria Bello goes to the Hamptons and seeks revenge. Seeks revenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we've now covered. Many, many shows from the fall season. I hope we've uh, maybe maybe made you interested in something that you were otherwise not interested in. Or maybe or maybe Lisa has frightened you away from American Horror Story. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And, like I said, this thing is, is, is a work of lunatic... Uh, I wouldn't say brilliance. Maybe it's just shiny. <laughs> lunatic shininess. Uh, yes, um, and, it's shiny. And when in doubt, just ask Scott McNulty and he'll tell you that the show he's watching is Prime Suspect. Exactly. Check that out. are the things we've learned. It's prime, it's prime Suspect all the way down. All sure. the way down. If you turn so, NBC on, chances are Prime Suspect will prime be on. Prime Suspect will be on. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Community, it That's will right. be Prime Suspect. So, until next time, I want to thank my guests who watch a lot of TV, which is nice because I don't have enough time to watch all of it myself. I have to delegate TV watching to others. It's This is my life. So, uh, thank you to Scott McNulty. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thank you for watching TV and and I'm... And, uh, you and your wife need to work out some sort of deal where you don't have to watch a gifted man if uh, she doesn't have to watch The Walking Dead. Uh, that's, that is true. I don't want to watch it, but I think what? I'm going to. Okay. Well, it was nice knowing you. I'm sorry. Uh. John Syracuse, thank you, for, thank you for being here, as always. Thank you all for validating my decisions not to watch certain shows. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> See, again, delegation. It's great. It's teamwork. Teamwork. You don't have to watch all the shows because other people will watch them for you. Ben Boychuk, uh, thank you very much um, for being here. And I, I loved your enthusiasm about Boss. I felt like you and Scott made a connection. Yes, well, thank you for having me. Now, now go to hell with a lot of you. <laughs> All right. That's well said. That's the boss, everybody, the boss. Uh, Dan Morin, thanks for being here. And thanks for plugging Supernatural again. Oh, I will plug it to my dying day. Your payment from the dreamy boys I, of Supernatural will be in the mail. <laughs> that that sounds actually that sounds pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of other shows that I would plug, but I don't want to be laughed at anymore. Oh, poor Dan. We were Come laughing on, near you. Try one. No, no, J- Jason's laughing at me. I can. Yeah. No, yeah. we're good. We're good. All right, we're good. Okay, we'll leave it where it is. And Lisa Schmeiser, thank you as always for being on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Until next time, you've got lots of TV. Go watch TV now because we're done. Until next time, for The Incomparable, thanks for listening. Does Dan really have more embarrassing shows than Revenge? Revenge is not embarrassing at all. Take that back. Supernatural is way more embarrassing than I don't know. (laughs) I haven't seen either one, but I've heard them now, both of them described at length, and I don't know.
So, so Dan, rattle your rattle your shows off then. Uh, well, I don't know. I got a lot of ones that probably people do. Uh, I mean, I, I'm probably no qualifiers. Just he made it up. Castle. Oh, I like Castle. Parenthood. Oh, I hate Parenthood. Uh, I like oh, much Parenthood. Uh, Hawaii Five O. Oh yeah, watch the first uh, episode. Psych. Oh, yeah. we started watching that this like year. We like it. Uh, Burn Notice is coming back. Yeah, it's back today. Yeah, to give him more work, Jason. Covert Affairs, because it don't scratches that terrible spy itch I have. How is this even possible? It's How too is, bad what? this isn't on tape, because that terrible spy itch I have would be an awesome, awesome title. <laughs> I mean, I'm still recording. I never stop recording. I'm still recording as well. Yes. Uh, is there anything else on my list that I didn't actually mention? I think that oh. pretty much. I mean, I, uh, no one mentioned Parks and Rec, but that's actually a good show. Oh, that is Parks good show. and Rec. Is no, a great I show. have no shame. I have no shame about Parks and Recreation. No, no that's, that's a, good. That's a lot of shows. That's a great show. I watch a lot of TV. I live alone, John. Yeah. <laughs> no, no kids. Lives alone. <laughs> I was quiet. Kept him. Either this or bodies in the freezer. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Dexter. Ah, I love Dexter. I also, my wife makes me watch The Good Wife, which I actually oh, like. Oh, my wife, my wife watches that too. I can't, I can't do it. I, I, it's the closest on I got to that was a reference to The Good Wife on Supernatural. Uh, <laughs> so it is the gateway to all knowledge. It is basically, <laughs> it yeah, is. that is true. Dan's unified Supernatural yeah. theory. Uh, Barack Obama is your new bicycle, uh, and uh, Supernatural is Dan's new space. Yep, it is pretty much. It wow. has become that this year. Now that I've watched all of it. Okay, I'm going to hang up now. Now that we know the secret oh. of Dan's shame, which is that he watches... Um, Prime Suspect a lot. Psych. I don't nope. watch Prime Suspect. <laughs> that's the one thing I don't watch. That's, that's me. I only watch Prime Suspect. Only. You get me confused with my arch nemesis. Exactly. Scott, Scott's world, it's like, I like the... There's the Prime Suspect with the woman in the hat. There's the Prime Suspect with the two guys who solve crime. There's the Prime Suspect that's the sitcom. <laughs> But exactly. it's all Prime Suspect, Suspect, where she talks to her dead husband who That's helps right. her side yeah. crimes. It's, it, the show has surprising range show. and depth. It is. <laughs> the hat is the only Every constant. week. Every There's week is something new hat. Every week yeah. it's something different. No. Amazing. I like it.